So, um, will do we need a motion to open the meeting? I don't remember what we do in the past, or if I just. Well, it's a regular one. meeting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's a public. A oh, it's a public meeting. hearing, so we need to open the public hearing. Okay. I heard a motion to open the public meeting. I'll second it. There we go. All in favor, and I think we need to call, make a roll call. Roberta? Yes. Joan? Yes. Mike Cunio? Yes. Casey? Yes. Doug? Yes. Christy? Yes. Heidi? Is muted. <laughs> There you go. Yes. <laughs> Is that everyone? Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, we are um, opening the public hearing for Medford's Community Preservation Committee on Thursday, May 14th, 2020 at 6.30 p.m. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law um, and the governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford Community Preservation Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we, were, that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or media community, Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. All right, so the format for this public hearing is going to be that I, I am going to give a brief presentation about the Community Preservation Act in general, our activities over the past year and our anticipated um, process, funding availability and process for the coming year. And then we would like to invite um, comments and observations, particularly about community priorities and needs and any other observations or comments that you have about CPA in Medford after the conclusion of the presentation. So I will share the screen with the presentation. All right, oh. so 
the Community Preservation Act in Medford. The Community Preservation Act, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is a state program that was originally enacted in 2000. It enables communities to raise funds for local projects for specific program areas. Medford voted to adopt the Community Preservation Act in 2015 through the general election, uh, general, yeah, at the general election. And we began collecting a surcharge on local property taxes to which went to the local CPA trust fund in fiscal year 2017. The local funds that we collect through the surcharge on the property tax, which you may notice on the property on your property tax bill, um, this surcharge is partially matched by state funds. Each year, the state divides the available Community Preservation Act funds um, among all of the participating communities in proportion to the local funds that they raise. Um, so. A, the, the use of the funds are determined by the Community Preservation Committee. Uh, the committee was appointed in 2017, and part of our role is to prepare a plan that documents the community needs and priorities and to update this plan annually. This is the process that we're undertaking today and the purpose for this hearing. We also um, coordinate with city departments and other boards and committees in um, developing the plan for the community needs and priorities. We have established an application process by which the funds are distributed to applicants throughout the city in um, our eligible program areas. The program areas include open space, historic preservation, recreation, and affordable housing. Each year, 10% of the funds must be spent or reserved in open space and recreation as one area, historic preservation and affordable housing. And the remaining, well, 5% are, are used for, um, for administrative purposes and the remaining 65% may be used in any of these eligible program areas. So in the last year with 2019 funds, we spent a total of one point, or we have committed a total of $1.8 million of funds. About slightly less than half of the funds went to historic preservation projects. About 39% went to open space and recreation projects, and 15% were, uh, were spent on affordable housing projects. 22 full applications were received, of which, um, I'm sorry, I cannot see the screen. <laughs> I believe um, all of them were recommended for funding including um, 11 historic preservation projects, nine open space and recreation projects, two affordable housing projects were received off cycle and two small grant projects. Um, the small grant program is a program where we have set aside funds so that um, projects that entail request less than $5,000 of CPA funds um, can apply off cycle and have an expedited application process. So looking in detail at what we have funded in 2019, 
um, or with our 2019 funds. This information can also be found on the preservemedford.org website, which is our committee's website. Um, we um, funded projects including the Chevalier Theater, the Medford Library, the Royal House, Oak Grove Cemetery, um, the um, Brooks Estate, Historical Society, um, Unitarian Church, Osgood House, and Grace Episcopal Church um, for our historic preservation projects. We also funded projects for energy and environment at North Riverbend Park, um, Mystic Riverbend Community Garden, Wright's Pond, um, tree planting of trees in parks throughout the city, um, and school department projects to uh, rehabilitate playgrounds at the Brooks School, Columbus, and McGlynn. And we also had small grant applications for the Historical Society and for painting or for um, installation of benches at Duggar Park. Just in the last month, we committed um, funds for emergency rental assistance that is going to be carried out by um, organizations ABCD and Housing Families Inc. And these programs are to um, assist families who have been impacted by the COVID-19 crisis to be able to um, preserve their tenancy in, um, in their homes if they cannot pay the rent. So um, looking forward, we anticipate that the funding available from uh, that we've collected in the 2020 fiscal year will be about $1.7 million of revenue. This is a conservative estimate. This includes funds that are collected by the city as well as our state match for this year. Um, the state match that we've already received in the end of year in, tw in 2019 um, is our fiscal 2020 funding. Um, and in addition to that, we have um, $250,000 of, um, is that correct? Yes, $250,000 of um, funds available for affordable housing that were unspent in the previous year. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, about 10% of the funds are to be spent or reserved for each of the three program areas, and the 5% of the funds may be used for administration. Any administrative funds that we don't use in a year are returned to the general available funds for program areas for future years. And the program area funding um, is, is the remaining 65%. Um, so just an overview of how the funds will be allocated. We will be opening in June the next funding round, inviting um, applicants. Applicants may be the city of Medford, nonprofit organizations who have an interest in Medford um, assets in our program areas. Um, and in some cases, individuals who have assets that are um, 
have a benefit to the public in for the city of Medford. Um, so the applications will become available in June 2020, and we will be receiving uh, the, there's a two-step application process where we first determine whether the proposed project is eligible within our program areas, and then we invite the applicants to submit a full application. So the eligibility determination will be accepted at any time beginning in June um, until the end of August. Um, we encourage applicants to submit their eligibility determination forms as early as possible so that it will give you ample time to complete the full application and to work with us if you have questions or need support throughout the application process. For projects that entail city-owned property, um, the coordination with the mayor's office is a requirement and the mayor will de will designate a liaison um, uh, among city staff to be responsible to be a co-applicant for the project if it is not apply if if there's a private applicant then the city will be a co-applicant or the city will be the applicant coordination with the mayor's office should occur earlier than August in order to ensure that the appropriate designee is, um, that the mayor has, has time to determine the appropriate designee for the project. So um, it is strongly encouraged that, again, you submit the eligibility determination forms or begin that process early. However, um, um, different from previous years, we are, um, allowing that the deadlines can be pushed back if necessary, as long as the applicants can still um, complete the application process before the applicants, before the, the presentations at the community meeting in November, which is really a hard deadline. Um, so the full applications are due in September, which gives time for us to review the applications and return questions before the presentations at a community meeting. And then the CPC will deliberate and vote in December. And then every project to be funded with CPA funds must first be approved by the CP by the Community Preservation Committee, and then approved by, be, they're recommended by the committee and then approved by City Council in that order. It has to be the committee's recommendation first and then the City Council approval. So we will forward our applications for City Council approval in January of 2021. And when the projects, if the projects are approved, then we will, um, get the, um, the grantees under agreement and anticipate that the grantees should begin to be able to utilize their funds in February of 2021. And then we begin this annual review process all over again in the following months after that. So just um, a review of how our annual review works. We first developed our community preservation plan in 2017, and this plan is available um, on our website. 
Uh, it has a wealth of information about Medford, about our assets and needs at the time, as well as our goals and priorities, which are proactively used by the committee in making decisions about how the projects will be funded. Um, we also look at other recent and ongoing plans that the city has undertaken that pertain to our program areas. In particular, since we developed the community preservation plan, the city has completed an open space and recreation plan and is in the process of preparing a housing production plan. So we will be looking at those documents in our development of our um, updated needs and priorities for this year. And we are also collecting public input via a survey, which is still open. Um, we can post a link to the survey. I should have put that on the presentation. Um, there's a link to the survey via the CPC website. Um, if, if anybody would like to take that survey who has not yet taken it. And this public hearing is also our opportunity to gather your input. So with that, I would like to invite um, people to share with us. So if you would like to um, comment, you can, um, Send an email to Danielle Evans. Give me a moment, I should have prepared. Okay, I'm going to pro provide instructions for how to comment. Uh, you can use one of the following methods to communicate if you'd like to um, share a comment or question. If your video is activated, you can physically raise your hand. You can use the raise hand function in the Zoom screen, um, write your question in a chat, or send an email to devans at medford-ma.gov. So with that, um, are there questions or comments? Danielle, have you received any comments via email? Um, I do not see any email questions. All right. Well, thank you all. We do have a close to 150 responses to our community survey. So again, people are invited to um, use the community survey if they still have comments that they would like to share with us. And seeing no comments, is there a motion to close the hearing? Uh, 
I'll make a motion to close the hearing. I'll second. I'll second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Um, we have to call, make a roll call. And I just want to be clear, actually, before the roll call, we're closing the hearing portion of our meeting, but our meeting is continuing as we have additional items on our agenda. Mm -hmm. So, um, Danielle, roll call. Roberta. Yes. Joan. Yes. Mike. Yes. Casey. Yes. Yes. Christy. Yes. And Heidi. Yes. Okay. That's everyone. All right. Then our, oops, I'm sorry. Then I um, will pull up our agenda. Um, the, the next item on the agenda is approval of minutes. Uh, we have the minutes from February 11, 2020. <laughs> is there a motion to uh, approve the, these minutes? I just had um, one typo that was um, one of the members sent me a correction. I spelled uh, Duggar Park wrong. So are there any other corrections? Okay. Make is there a motion? motion? I'll second. All in favor by, by roll call. Roberta? Yes. Mike? Yes. Joan? Yes. Casey? Yes. Doug? Yes. Christy? Yes. Uh, Heidi? Yes. Okay. And um, the minutes are unanimous. Um, the I'm, We will hold the coordinator's report until the end of the meeting. And um, next, we have a request for increased CPA funding for the Osgood House window restoration project. So I would like to invite Susan from the Osgood House to um, explain this project. Yes, I don't know if anybody is watching this who knows nothing about the project, but again, just want to say Osgood House is, you know, for people who don't know it, I know you all do, is one of the few largely intact 18th century buildings in Medford. So it's of great historical importance. And um, the CPA generously funded us uh, for $132,800 for um, restoration of historic windows and doors and for the building of a handicapped access ramp, uh, which it lacks and for a paint job. Um, now, since that all happened, um, we, we discovered to our shock and dismay that the $23,000 we had asked for the handicap ramp, which was an estimate made by one of the workmen, but not the one actually building it, um, after the architectural plans came through, uh, was way too low. And that because of the terrain, because of the height of the door, because of all kinds of things, um, we received a, an estimate for building the handicap ramp and the rear door of uh, 59,000 and we were completely appalled. But anyway, since then, um, the workman who 
put forward that bid, I guess in part because work is slow at this particular point, lowered his bid to 44,000. We also, um, through our architect, received a second bid from um, CBC Installations, which I believe is doing work on another project that you're involved in, that was um, slightly higher, actually 47,233. Um, and so we, um, we were assured that the workmanship and everything would be very, you know, fine in this project with 44,000, which left us um, with um, a, a $21,000 difference, um, which we as a church were completely unable to make up. I think when I attended the last meeting, it was suggested that maybe I look into asking Neil Osborne and Alicia Hunt if there was any kind of handicap funds. I wrote emails to both of them. I'm sorry to say, since they're both my friends, I received no response to either email. But <laughs> we'll leave that as it may. They're overwhelmed. Everybody's overwhelmed. I understand that, you know, it's terrible times. And I do want to say that I was present at the last meeting and I applaud the CPC for the um, funds it gave for our rental assistance because uh, it's so desperately needed. I was sort of sorry that it had to be cut back due to all kinds of political complications. But anyway, I will lay that aside. So anyway, Wendell Calso, our architect said, yes, um, you know, as Danielle pointed out to me, we should have applied right from the beginning for contingency funds for this project, but not knowing anything about construction projects when we made the application. And we were not told to do that. Um, we didn't put in any money for contingency. Wendell then suggested that we, you know, asked for an additional, um, 36,988 that would include the contingency and the extra money for, for the, um, for the handicap ramp. And, you know, but in fact, I thought that was probably a little bit high and didn't want to come back with such a, a, a large amount of um, 36,988. And so um, after some discussions with Danielle and, you know, with Wendell sort of arrived at the sum of 30,000 extra for this project. Um, it seemed that we could not really go ahead without the handicap ramp because that was one of the really important things when we went to city council that they wanted in it so that we could be open to the public. And also so that our, you know, some of our own members can have access to the building. Um, the ground floor has a lot of history in it. The kitchen has a lot of the historical original fireplace stove, et cetera. Um, so um, long story short, um, I am here with an application for 37,000, which would include um, the, the funding, the extra funding for the, the 21,000 for what it will cost to build this handicap ramp and rear door project. And um, a, a little bit of a contingency cushion should the miscellaneous carpentry come out more. Um, there, you know, we have noted that there's gutter work that needs to be done, which we thought we included with $14,000 for miscellaneous carpentry prior to painting, but um, it may be more than that. Um, in any case, uh, we, have, we have Wendell who's already done the design and who has in fact billed us and we have paid him um, out of our own funds. Um, we have um, the, the new, um, the new offer from um, J. Murray Construction, Minuteman Constructions, uh, with a lot of details. And he has applied uh, for the permit um, to the city council, to the um, building committee. 
Um, they're all ready. Wendell and Jay are ready to start work as soon as any kind of approval occurs. Um, and um, the painter we have, you know, basically left dangling because that's later in the project. Um, but everyone else is ready to start work on this project as soon as possible. We still don't have a contract, obviously, because of all these com unfortunate complications. And um, also one mistake that Mason made when he did the numbering of the windows, he put some windows, I don't wanna go into the details, but he put some windows in the, in the attachment to the building when they're really part of the main building. And we had to redo that. So there were a few little glitches along the way. And um, we're just hoping that, you know, I know it's a lot to ask, um, but the project is all ready to go forward and it's a kind of total project. So um, we're hoping that we can do it. Um, you know, the workmen are ready to go tomorrow if we, you know, if we can. Um, but I know we have to bring this to the city council as well. And I don't know how long that will take to get it to them. But um, So I'm appealing for another uh, infusion of 30,000 so that we can do the handicap ramp and also have uh, some contingency funding, which we should have put in there in the first place. Um, but again, due to our ignorance, we neglected to do. Thank you, Susan. And thank you for um, making the effort to see if other funds are available before coming to the CPC to request um, additional funding. Um, so comments from the board? I just have a question about the actual amount you're asking for, because I see 21, I see 30, you've said 36, so I'm not no, sure no, no. what... I, not to confuse, not to confuse. Wendell said we should ask for 36 to have a larger cushion for contingency. I thought that would be a bridge too far for both you and the city council. So we kind of agreed um, maybe 30,000, that, that would include the 21,000 extra that it would cost to build the handicap ramp. Um, and obviously, a it would a $9,000 cushion okay. should there be anything else that comes up in the course of the project, which we did not account for um, in this. The only thing, I mean, one thing I will say, it's been very clear right from the beginning is that the windows, front door and side door, which are being done by Mason Cook, that number has remained completely steady at 56,000 um, something, 56, I don't have all the numbers, but um, he's not changed that at all. And that, but, um, and the paint job um, was was called in at 29,500. And again, I don't expect that would be different. Um, but the, the un, unforeseen things probably, you know, any kind of contingency might occur with the miscellaneous carpentry if they find something rotted or whatever. That's what I've been, you know, told. Um, it's an old building, it's 200 year old building. So, you know, we could come up against something that we haven't foreseen. And that's the reason for not just asking for the 21,000, but, but including some contingency funding. And I'll also say that even though I thought at one time that our church, you know, could, if we had to kick in maybe 10,000 um, due to what's happened with the coronavirus, due to our pledge drive being down because people's incomes are down, doing to everything being down, having online services instead of in-person services, so we don't have the same um, amount that comes in weekly. Um, we're just in the same shape that everybody else is, but um, you know we're really not in a position. Uh, we are a pretty low-income church to begin with, but um, we've been hit too by the coronavirus and everything that it's doing to everybody's 
um, incomes and et cetera. Yeah, I think the, um, the handicap uh, access in the back was one of the key pieces of this project. So um, I don't know if Doug has anything to say about the estimate costs on putting in an ADA ramp. It's, it's really more the site work than the ramp itself. The ramp itself is not the issue. It's the complexity and the grading of the site, which they, I don't, I don't think, Susan, that you did anything wrong. I think the design was just far more complicated and detailed than it needed than it, we originally thought, because it, it wasn't going that, um, that big a change in elevation, but it was a complicated thing to put together. And it has to be done sensitively to the design of the, of the house itself. So I, Okay, somebody who's been involved in a lot of um, projects around historic buildings, you know, 20% contingency is, is sometimes the minimum that someone like Wendell would, would, would estimate. And, and that's just construction contingency. Design contingency is, can sometimes be even greater. So I, I think this is a reasonable amount. I think you've done a lot of good faith efforts to this building. This is an important building in Medford and we wanna get people um, inside of it, the general public, which is a big reason, the only reason really why we insisted on the, uh, the ADA ramp being included to give the people who are paying for it, the citizens of Medford, a chance to really, uh, I bet you 99% of people have never even thought about going into that building unless they have a connection to it. So I think this is a real opportunity to really grow your, your, your um, footprint in Medford, if you will. So I fully I support this, um, this application. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Additional comments? I guess just one more thing. You know, I mean, I think you all know this, but we have gotten approval from the Historical Commission already way back, and we have gotten approval from the Historical District Commission, who, um, you know, I guess everything is a bit on hold, but you know, one of our church members is actually joining the Historical District Commission, and they're interested in you know, us becoming part of a historical district in that area, a new historical district in that area. Thank you. All right, is there a, a motion to recommend the funding as requested? I'll make the motion. And I'll second so, the motion. So Doug Carr made a motion, Joan seconded the motion. Um, and a roll call vote. A question though, yes. uh, the, the motion is for the $30,000? Yes. 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 That's the ask. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a roll Robert? call vote? Yes. Roberta? Okay. Mike Cunio? Yes. Joan Sear? Yes. Doug Carr? Yes. Christy Dowd? Yes. Heidi Davis? Yes. <laughs> and Casey Harry? Yes. All in favor? Aye. And Aye. Yes. Then, um, then the recommendation is approved. Thank you so much. And you are welcome. Um, I gather the next step is to go to city council. Um, do you have a sense of when that would occur? Um, only to, so I can inform the workmen. <laughs> when they, yes. We might have a contract and we might be able to start the project. We are not going to, I mean, we've been advised not to do anything until yeah. we have it. So if we, I, I, um, if we rush, it could be on the agenda for May 19, 
but I am not sure that there's a need to rush. So um, either May 19 or May 26th. Um, by May 26, it can certainly be on the council agenda. Then, um, you know, that's that's the timeline that we're looking at. I can put together the decision letter and draft appropriation request after the meeting and send it to um, the mayor's chief of staff. And if they're able to turn it around because the deadline to get on the <coughs> council agenda is tomorrow morning at some point, um, I believe. If I, if I haven't missed the deadline, then it could get on Tuesday's meeting, but if not, it'd be hopefully the following meeting, but it is, it does have to go through the mayor's office. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that, that we can get it through, but it, it's, it's also possible that they need to, they need another week to get it on the agenda. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much for your time. And um, I will, so the two meetings are either May 19th or May 26th. Yes. And if they approve it, then after that, we can have the contract and hopefully begin the work maybe by the end of May, beginning of June, if, if that, if everyone, everything is approved. Um, does that sound reasonable? I just want to be able to inform these workmen <laughs> in some broad, broad based way. I mean, assuming that they approve it. Yeah. Is, um, I'm sorry, Danielle, you may be more familiar than I am. Uh, would the, is the um, commitment by the city council sufficient or does it, do they have to have a grant agreement in place before they can begin the work? Um, they could begin the work without the agreement per se, but I wouldn't be able to um, have any checks cut until there's an agreement. Without the agreement, I can't get purchase orders opened. So we have less predictability about the length of process to get the agreement signed. That's my only hesitation. So you would be able to initiate work, but we couldn't give any, yeah, we can't cut checks until we have a grant agreement in place. And um, there's, it sometimes takes more time than expected for all of the people who need to sign the grant agreement to be able to sign off on it. Well, and that agreement was ready to go because that was one of the ones that I was trying to expedite, but then the uh, hiccups happened and so I held it. So, so it should be, if it's ready to go, then it should yeah, be written. It just has to be modified slightly. Yeah. So right. then there's, there, there's a better assurance that we could have it completed in time. Thank you. Something happened to my screen. I don't know if something popped up, so I can't see you all. But I'll just say one last thing, which is, you know, if we had, you know, if we had it definite, um, you know, I, I leave it up to you. But um, if it were approved and it was definitely there, none of the workmen are asking for payment up front. I mean, they're all talking about payment after the work has been part of the work, at least has been completed. So, you know, I wouldn't you know, we don't have to come up with the money. The only person we had to come up with money for was really Wendell, and we've done that. So, um, 
you know, I just want you know people to know, to understand that. But yes, we would love to have the contract just really for the sake of the workmen more than anything else. I mean, as far as the building goes, it's waited for two hundred years. Maybe it could wait for another, another few weeks. I don't know. <laughs> but um, unlike people who have to pay their rents next week. But okay. Well, thank you very much. I feel I don't know what came up on my screen and I don't know how to get rid of it. So I guess I'll probably a good time for me to bow out of the meeting and thank you all very, very much. Thanks, Susan. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. And I have, by the way, informed some of the other groups I work with um, to let people, including our people in our church, to let people know about that rental assistance money because we have a lot of um, people struggling in our church, people who have been homeless themselves. So it's actually really wonderful that that money is going to be available. Thank you again. Hey, thank you for sharing. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Ah, I just went out. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess I'll leave. All right. So the next item on our agenda is um, to discuss the um, updates to the application process and forms. Um, so in order for us to initiate the application process in June, we need to approve the actual application that we're going to invite people to use to apply for funds. So you have received um, a redlined draft of the actual application for 2020. And we did get um, a comment back about an edit that we've made um, further in the application, we can talk about that. But if anyone has additional um, comments, discussion about this, is this what you envision? Do you see any other ideas for how we can improve this process? It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Year was the first year we moved the small grants to a rolling um, application, right? Yes. I think that worked out really well. So I'm, I'm happy to see that again. Great. And Thank I think the, even the year before we added, you know, having to have like a, a city hall staff person co-sign on town projects. And, and I think that's made the projects more efficient too. So happy with Good. those changes. Good. So yeah, it's an under step two. From the version that you see until um, today, we have a um, an improvement to clarify that um, projects involving city-owned property require coordination with the mayor's office, no matter what. But it's highly recommended that they initiate this process by the end of July. Um, in order to coordinate through the mayor's office. A couple of other significant changes. So we decided to keep the timeline the same as what we did this year. A year ago, we had talked about migrating the timeline a few months further ahead in the year. And when we looked at how that corresponds with the city's um, fiscal year and accounting practices and our ability to actually carry out each of the processes that need to be carried out and have time to do all of these steps without having a huge crunch at any specific time of the year. We decided that what we did this year actually works better. Um, so we're going to stick with it. Um, other highlights? The, um, the change this year, which I, I really like, is that when we first started this process, we all 
kind of didn't really know what we were doing. So we all sort of read every eligibility determination form and all voted to say whether or not it was eligible. But you know, we have Danielle, who is an expert at this now. So it almost seems like a waste of time for us to say that it's eligible. She could tell us. She could tell us better than we could determine ourselves because she has the insight of, um, you know, talking to the Community Preservation Coalition and, you know, in consultation with Roberta. So I think that's going to um, speed up the process a lot this year, too, that staff yeah. is going to determine project eligibility rather than doing it by committee. Yeah, we'll still invite applicants to come and talk with us if they sure. have questions around any time during the application process, really. Mm -hmm. um, um other highlights um added a recommendation or i'm looking for the place where so there's i can't remember exactly where it is but we've added language that highly suggests strongly suggests that they need to gather public input. Uh, it's under, um, no, I can't remember exactly where it is, but, it, but strongly suggesting that they gather public input during their application process. It's in the comparative evaluation criteria. Yes, thank you. Um, seeing as that's something that a few of our applicants would have come to us in the first place with um, more complete applications if they had undertaken that ahead of time and during their application process. Then um, that's, I think summarizes the major changes. You have a couple of questions still in the draft that I'm looking at, comment questions. Yes. Probably for Danielle, I'm guessing. Yes, there was a question on, oh, you know what? We should number the pages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. There's <laughs> your sense of adventure. <laughs> it's page four out of 14, but actually numbering pages is something that we'll add to the application before making it final. Um, the question was the applicant, so I don't know whether this is language that's true to Medford or if it was boilerplate that we copied from another community that we used um, to help draft this application originally, um, requiring that the applicant will need to submit an up-to-date certificate of good standing 501c3 certification and proof of insurance as applicable as attachments to the grant agreement. Is this true, Dan Danielle? Is this a requirement? You're muted, Danielle. Yeah, I was unmuted. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I haven't been able to check with Kim Scanlon, the acting city solicitor, um, whether that's a whether that's something that we should be doing. We haven't been doing it. That's something that when, when the city engages with vendors, that's a requirement when they sign contracts or purchase orders. But I'm not sure if it's a requirement for us to give grants out for a- Maybe that's too much city. in the weeds. Too much we in the weeds for us. Yeah, leave that okay. for the procurement office. Yeah. Okay, so we'll strike that sentence. Um, 
Then you had another one towards the end on page 12 under feasibility. Uh, okay. Um, this is actually a question for the committee. Um, so I, you know, giving a closer read to this application, I realized that um, there was a reference to agricultural preserva preservation restrictions, which we don't have any of in Medford, and I don't anticipate that we'll be getting any projects, any properties that have agricultural preservation restrictions. However, um, maybe we want to add language here um, expanding it to include historic preservation restrictions. Um, so if the project is for an open space acquisition, a conservation restriction is required, and then add a sentence, if the project is for historic preservation, a historic preservation restriction is required. This is something that we actually kind of, um, well, this is, Specific to um, acquisition, if it's an acquisition, then it would be required under our legislation. But we wrestled this past year about whether or not to require a historic preservation restriction for substantial historic preservation projects, such as the Osgood House project. We, deci we decided in the end that the, um, that, we will hope that the Osgood House will be protected through a local historic district, as is their aim currently, um, and that it would be beyond our capabilities right now to um, ask them to put a historic preservation restriction into place for that property. But is that something that we want to put in writing for future projects? What is our thinking about this? Nothing to say, Doug? <laughs> uh, I think um, it seems like we put it in the, in the uh, requirements for almost every project piece by piece and putting it just as a, as a policy makes a lot of sense to me. It's, it's just putting it as a blanket to cover us. So you almost have to have it, you almost have to have a reason not to have it and to put it in every time, which I think makes more sense given what we've seen so far for grants. So I, I think it's a, it's a positive move. Okay. You know, I'm thinking of language that we could keep it flexible for ourselves and our applicants by saying that, um, so for historic preservation acquisition, the PR is required. And for other historic preservation projects, a PR may be required at the discretion of the committee. That makes sense. Okay. And can you make sure you um, spell out what these acronyms stand for? Yeah. Somewhere? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Roberta, so I'll put, yes. Is the language on conservation restrictions a requirement for all open space recreation projects? Uh, it is a requirement for acquisition for under the legislation. Okay. okay. But for substantial, so 
the idea is that if a substantial investment is being made in a recreational facility, for example, we want an assurance that that's going to continue to be used uh, for that purpose in the future. Sure, I can see acquisition. I was thinking of things that would support open space, such as invasive species removal on DCR property, and there'd be no point in requiring a CR on something like that. So, Exactly. Yeah. And so what we may do is uh, maybe keep similar language and say that for other projects, a restriction may be required at the discretion of the of the committee. So I'll make that change after we um, after we conclude. Great. So, OK, is there a motion to, motion to accept the new application format as changed as we discussed or no? Daniel's waving her hand. Ken Krause <laughs> has a comment. Oh, uh, OK. Thank you. Uh, I just had a question. Um, the um, suggestion about gathering public input, I'm just interested in a little more information on uh, that aspect. Are you looking for um, public support for the project or you're looking for evidence that the public, say abutters were consulted about this during the process and their concerns were taken under consideration and addressed perhaps? in the application. I'm just thinking there's a possibility that the um, Chevalier Commission or Friends of Chevalier will apply next year, this year, for some facade work that could include a, um, a marquee and some exterior lighting on the building that doesn't exist now. And uh, there has been some discussion from one neighbor in particular who's very vocally opposed to anything of this nature. So. Just as an example, is that something you would like to see that there has been conversation with um, people in the public, people who are neighbors or abutters, and that your um, application took into account what their concerns were? And, and then what would you like that to look like in the application? Would, it, would there be a separate section on that or sort of blended into the narrative? I know you're just introducing this now, but yeah. this is going to come up to the the commission and the friends soon if we move forward on this. Thank you. Um, actually, there are two responses that um, that I have to that example. Um, so first of all, to answer the, the question, um, I think that it would, uh, some evidence of public engagement would be helpful for your application to show that you um, have had discussions with neighbors um, or with the public in general prior to the application. Because one of the things that has been a roadblock in some of our applications in the past has been the fact that um, our public, uh, coming to the city council was the first time that many people in the public had heard about a project. And that sometimes um, generated some turbulence, as well as um, we've had applications where public input could have helped the project to be better defined before um, the proposal was submitted to us. And so the proposal ended up having modifications 
after they went back and started to gather the public input that was needed. So we're looking for, you know, the it could be um, an addendum to your application describing with, you know, minutes or notes describing a public meeting that you had. It could be in the narrative um, describing the public meeting or describing how public input was gathered. Um, there could be, um, as some of our applicants have done in the past, um, there have been petitions signed gathering public support. And that effort to gather public support helps to raise awareness about the project, which helps to ensure that it doesn't come as a surprise to anybody and anyone who would like to offer comments and suggestions has the opportunity to do so. The second thing that I wanted to suggest um, is that according to our application criteria, and I'm gonna see if I can share the screen for a moment to um, show this table. Um, so under historic preservation, we, are not able to create a historic asset. So um, it, there may be a question about the eligibility of a project that is adding features to a historic structure that cannot be demonstrated to have been there historically. So that's a question that um, that we might need to, that, that you might need to research and we might need to ponder as a committee. Um, that might be a complicated um, proposal for us to, um, for us to match with our eligibility criteria. Okay, thanks. That's helpful, uh, both the answers. Appreciate it. Are there questions and comments about the um, application process? There's a motion to accept with the, with the amendments and adjustments. I'll second. And no, was I, there one already by Joan? Yes, there was. There I was made one, one by Joan oh. and a second by Heidi. Then uh, roll call vote. Roberta? Yes. Joan? Yes. Doug? Yes. Heidi? Yes. Christy? Yes. Casey? Yes. Mike? Yes. All in favor. Great. So we will be ready to release that and um, and initiate the application process in June. We will also have a final um, community needs update um, that we can talk about in June with the responses to the survey and the rest of the updates about um, how our funding has worked this past year. So um, that leaves just the coordinator's report as the last item on our agenda. Do we want to get an, um, Danielle, are you able to give us a quick update about? Um, what's been happening with some of our projects? Sure, and um, 
while we have Ken here, I was wondering if he could provide us an update for <laughs> the windows um, and also the air conditioning. Um, I know that we finished off the CPA funds for the air conditioning, and I, but there was other um, funding as well. And I'm, I'm not having to get a progress update on uh, those projects for a while, so. Oh, sure. I, uh, the window work is done. Um, the air conditioning work is 95% done. The remaining work is um, to paint the uh, fence that's around the units behind the building, and that'll be done uh, weather permitting. And then there's some closeout documents that need to be finalized. And that will conclude both of those. And then uh, we were still discussing the location and get, for the sign, the permanent sign on the building and uh, awaiting a, a response from the historical commission, I think it was, on our, what they, whether they need to approve it or not. Okay. Um, for, all right. When you think you're gonna open up again, Ken? <laughs> well, Ty, are you booking? Are you still booking? Question. Yeah, you booking the, into this year at all? They are. They are booking shows in the fall with mm -hmm. their fingers crossed. I think. Yeah. Uh, but there's really no. That's what's going to be one of the uh, later uh, facilities mm -hmm. or segments of the economy that's going to be permitted to open. I think as as this phased uh, rollout is uh, introduced. Yeah. I think everything's going to look brand new to everybody when it does open because there's construction going on while everybody's at home and you go out and you're like, oh, look, at that's done. <laughs> okay, so updates on other projects and unless there's more questions for Ken. Thank you, Ken. Um, let's see. The um, Medford Housing Authority for the um, Laprise Village, I believe that that is um, almost underway. Um, it's, it's been it's been a couple. It's probably been a month since I got an update from them, so I'm not sure uh, what's happening there. Um, no updates for Medford Community Housing. Um, Doug, do you have an update on um, the manor restoration projects? Yeah, I amend yeah. the um, grant agreement so we have one all-encompassing agreement. Yes, um, I the last it stood, and I just I actually just emailed Shab Khan this week because. Um, when this all broke with the COVID, she um, she put the most critical uh, construction products at the front of at the front of the line, and so we agreed to just let it go for a month or two and see what happens. And I think uh, I emailed her this week and asked her to kind of reconsider and put us back in the queue because I've seen um, in my profession that construction projects can continue um, pretty much intact if they'd use the right procedures, and especially the smaller projects like. This one will only have one or two people on it, so it should be relatively easy. 
um, to start. It's the bidding process that she was putting on hold uh, the last time I talked to her. So um, that's the way that one stands. I don't think there's any issue about combining all the grants into one agreement. It's just a question of getting a bid and then executing the bid sometime this summer and start construction. The stone wall was in really good shape. I don't know if you've seen that. They extended it even further. Um, I went by there last weekend and it must be, I, geez, it must be at least seven or 800 feet of wall, I think by now, um, along Grove Street. It looks really good. Um, I haven't, I, I think they're almost done with the, um, with uh, the, the first phase and we, and I think Embell put some additional funds together to kind of get to keep them going. But we, I don't think we've, um, I don't think we've completely wrapped that project up yet. Have, have you heard anything from Tom on that? The wall? Yes, the stone wall. The phase two, um, we have the signed grant agreement, but I'm not sure if he's green-lighted the same um, workers to start that site. I haven't seen, what I've seen of the wall is from fire hydrant up to the main entrance. Was there more? Uh -oh. They've gone beyond the fire hydrant by about, I don't know, 40 or 50 feet at least. Okay. Um, and as of last weekend, that's where they were. I could send you some photos of that. Um, but I think if they, I like, we like to keep them rolling into it if that's acceptable from a, from a bidding standpoint, because obviously we don't want to change contractors. These guys know the site, they know they have the resources, they know the standards. We just want to keep going it's most logical to just keep that contractor working and go as far as the money will take us. Because mm -hmm. they have the same um, source for the stone, so it'll match yeah. and be yeah. pretty seamless. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And I know for the, the trails that has not um, started yet at all, um, I no. think it, Tom it still not. wants to get some more clarity on surface of the trail but i yeah i don't yeah, know if i think i think we're that. focused on the manor and the wall right mm -hmm. now i just the trail has just been on the back burner yep okay other updates um harris park phase one is moving along um the estimated completion date of that now is um in june sometime at the end of june um so Unfortunately, who knows when it'll actually open to the public, even when it's done with the right. last thing they'll put is a do not enter sign. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it well, turns out to have been a good good timing actually to have park projects under construction, the condon shell and the and the playground. Right. What's going on with condon shell? I see a lot of construction there, but it didn't seem really related to the shell. Uh, they just put fencing up for the shell this past week. Oh, okay. I saw like um, piping, you know, or digging into the grass and stuff like that. Was that for the national grid? Oh, yeah, maybe. Grass underground? No, that's, a, that's an MWRA project um, that is on hold because of all the circumstances. Uh, gotcha. Surrounding COVID. But yeah, they did uh, arrive with a uh, lift truck and starting to work on the shell. I'm waiting for the burning bushes to come down in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> With the locusts? Yes. 
Right. For um, Medford Historical Society Museum, um, for the HVAC project um, that is underway, um, John Anderson said that he'll be invoicing for some of that work soon. Um, let's see what else it has anything to really update on. Um, the city. The city council were supportive of both their small grant application as well as the, um, they were supportive of the uh, rental assistance funding. They wanted assurance that the funds would be in high demand and be used for Medford residents. It, it, it was a legitimate concern. They're they decided to break it into two disbursements. So the city council approved the first half of the funding for ABCD and the second half they'll approve after we come back and report to them on how it's been utilized. Um, so it's the, although, um, you know, they, they didn't approve it all at once. The funds are still all on the table for that project. Mm -hmm. Do we have any idea if the funds are being utilized? Uh, we're just getting the grant agreement into place, so we haven't actually been able to cut checks yet. Um, that's been, we're kind of inventing the wheel. We're one of the first communities to actually get out the gate with a rental assistance program. So um, we've had to do some research to understand how the program is going to be administered and how to set up our agreement with the organization um, in order to administer the funds. So we have that worked out and it's going through legal review and we'll have the agreement in place so that we can cut checks very shortly. Um, in the meantime, as of earlier this week, um, they had already received something like 30 applicants, they said. Mm -hmm. And since then we've done a, um, a significant amount of um, publicity around it, reach outreach to organizations, specifically targeting um, low-income populations who would be eligible for this funding, who would need the, um, the rental assistance. So we've reached out through Medford Family Network, a number of organizations that um, address low-income populations through the Medford um, Food security network and um, through the Chamber of Commerce and I many organizations. So um, the word is getting out there. Housing Medford has um, is going to be hosting a week from tonight a an informational meeting to um, introduce these rental assistance programs, give a chance for the um, providers to explain how the programs work and invite people to ask questions about them and also to talk about other housing resources that are available to Medford residents. So that's going to be a virtual Zoom session um, that's accessible by the city's website a week from tonight. Um, and that's also being advertised in the same locations. Great. So that's the rental assistance. Thank you for the update. Yep. And regarding some of the other um, recent funded projects, um, the Royal House Windows is 
underway. Um, I haven't been by there in a couple of weeks, but um, when I was last over there, I saw that they had removed a bunch of the windows on the first floor and they were boarded up. Um, I haven't gotten an update um, recently. Um, and the Riverbend Community Garden is, they finished theirs already. Um, they just need to get a sign. Um, the Wrights Pond Irrigation has been installed and they just need to start the actual invasive removal. Um, and I think that's it for the new projects. Um, other ones are kind of just plugging along the, the bocce courts. They did, um, when they were starting to do some of the work there, they noticed that there were some problems with soil that weren't suitable. So they had to remove some soil and bring in some new soil, which is um, actually um, causing it to go over budget. And so I believe that the Housing Authority may be back next month, perhaps looking for additional funds. They did cover all of the bids for construction came in um, a lot higher and they did um, cover those with their own funds. But I think that this, so they did show good faith effort to um, pitch in more money as it is officially a city project that was using, that was going on their property. Um, so I, I don't think that they were um, willing to um, put more additional funds than they already had to make that project work. Um, I'm not, I, I don't have the figure off the top of my head. It wasn't an incredible sum. Um, that, that request may be coming next month. Um, Did they end up removing the gazebo from the project? I'm not sure what's the status of the gazebo at this point. I'm not sure if that um, is going going to happen if, if the cost overruns aid into that or not. Um, let's see. Are there any other projects anyone has any questions about? That covers what I, the Harris I, I, I have one question. Um, I'm just looking at the list. What's going on with the um, affordable housing over there on Fellsway? Um, I don't have any updates for them. It was, they were trying to work out some funding with um, the home consortium or the, they were, it was working, working on pu pulling together the funding. There were some snags. Um, so they haven't closed out that first grant yet to move on to the second one. Okay. Yeah. And, um, Hickey Park can canopy that was supposed to be done in spring, but, um, I mean, they have the canopy ordered. The reason why that one had gotten held up before was that they couldn't actually find a vendor that made that canopy or, or would, um, install a canopy because the structure didn't belong to them, but they did find someone and it was delivered, I think over the winter or maybe it was fall and it's supposed to be installed at some point this spring. Um, I need to get an update from Mike Nestor, but I mean, no one can go in it. 
Right. So, uh, <laughs> everything's kind of, yeah. Okay. Filled up a little bit. Let's see. Any others? We were 90% complete with the North River Bend Park remediation phase one last time we looked at this. Yeah, I think that one. mostly almost wrapped up. And okay. the phase two parent agreement um, has been executed. So I know that they want to get started on the second phase. Okay. And there was leftover funds from the, the first phase. Things um, ended up being less expensive than anticipated. So we'll have some funds returned from that. But I haven't gotten the, the final invoices in yet to, to know exactly what. Okay. I'm still trying to find this. Um, oh, okay, so the bocce court, the cost overrun was um, $5,750. So not huge. Okay. They cover that? No, that's what they, I think they're going to come, oh, they're they're come back for. Come back to us. Yeah, because they did cover the increased construction costs, um, which was a lot more than that. But they'll come back with a formal request and explanation and all that. But I just mm -hmm. wanted to give you a heads up. Okay, any other any other projects that we're looking for? All right. Um, I think that completes our project update coordinators report. Um, next steps. So our June meeting we'll have a um i'm thinking about since we've just been through um the presentation of how the program works um we might be able to do a similar presentation but not at a cpc meeting um and have it televised by medford community media um so that applicants who have can see how the process works if they want more information. Um, so we can do that outside of a CPA, a CPC meeting. So, but what we will do is at our next meeting, present our um, um, annual report that provides some of the same information that we talked about in this presentation as well as what we learned from the public process. Um, and at our next meeting, actually, we will have um, an intern. Is that correct, Danielle? Yes. She was yes. supposed to join us tonight, but unfortunately, um, there was a death in her family. Mm -hmm. It was, um, yeah, it's a Zoom meeting or something, um, but yeah. I told her that she didn't have to come to this. Yeah. Intern going to work on. Uh, well, she. Hopefully. Yeah, I didn't hear you. What, what is the intern going to do? 
Oh, I thought Heidi said, when is she going to start? Oh, what is she going to work on? She's going to help me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. The first task is going to be to help us to actually prepare that annual report. That's what made me think about the intern. Um, So we'll prepare the annual report and then do some research, perhaps, on some um, matters that we've always wanted to understand about a little bit better and maybe help us to organize some of our files and um so that it's easier for us to access and for to utilize danielle will have lots of tasks oh yes i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) so that's great i'm glad you're getting somebody to help you if you have if you guys have any ideas about potential projects you know shoot me an email let me know like you know there's always like all these things that we would like to work on but we always get kind of stuck in the weeds of you know, just regular grant administration and some of the, the long range things we want to do, we don't get to really do. Yeah. Any like research projects or outreach, things like that. Yeah. And she'll also be doing some some housing stuff too. Um, okay. You know, yeah. With my other, the other hat that I wear. Yeah. Well, we could always have a second set of eyes look at the website to see if there's anything stale that needs to be updated. Yeah. If she oh, has I'm time. sure there's that is something we could use help with if she can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just identifying what needs to be updated would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danielle, have, has there been any rumors of layoffs in City Hall at all? Not that I've heard of. Everybody's, I think, who is able to work remotely has been. Um, I think we, I think at some point, we'll be starting to open up City Hall. Um, Maybe in the coming weeks on a phased basis. Like right now, it's kind of, it's just on a skeleton crew, um, people staffing offices that can and like to be in City Hall. Um, but it's all kind of, you know, waiting to hear, um, you know, guidance from the governor of what, what opening up will look like. All right. So, um, I, do we have a date for the June meeting? Uh, we need to set a different date. So Tuesdays are our nor- the the third Tuesday. Is that correct, Danielle? Is is our normal meeting time? But because of being on Zoom meetings, we cannot overlap with other public meetings. And Tuesday is conflicts with the city council. So Thursday is an available. Uh, night. So this, we're on the second Thursday right now. Uh, yeah, does I the second Thursday second continue to work Thursday. for people for, for the time being? So that would be June 11th. So we'll, um, we'll go ahead 
June 11th then for our next meeting. Yeah, June 11th works. And looking ahead at um, a task that we need to continue with in the future, we, we went through the effort last year of developing our, um, our procedures document. And I think that, you know, given that we've made some changes to our process and that we've had um, a turnover in the administration, which is going to change our um, some other aspects of our process, it, we'll have to review the, that document's procedure later in the year when, when we have some more time to review it. That might be something that the intern can help us um, with drafting, or we might, um, I might just take a stab at um, talking through how that's going to work. So um, put that on the on the back burner for um, later in the year when we're not looking at applications and not rushing to get the new process started. So I think that concludes everything that we have this evening, unless anyone else has something else to bring up. Is there a motion to close the meeting? I'll, I'll make, make the motion. motion to close. Go ahead, Heidi. <laughs> Sorry. I'll make a motion to close the meeting. I'll second. Heidi I made seconded. a motion. Joan seconded it. And we'll have a roll call vote. Roberta? Yes. Joan? Yes. Doug? Yes. Heidi? Yes. Mike? Yes. Christy? Yes. Casey? Yes. All in favor, the meeting is adjourned. Nice to meet Thank you, Christy. Nice to meet you. Thank all. you, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Stay well, stay healthy. Bye bye.